What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. What is crackalackin' Hardwood Knox listeners? I'm Dan Pavalli coming at you without my co-host Adam Frommel this time who is on vacation. And yet, an emergency podcast was necessary because Russell Westbrook and John Wall were traded for each other. So I've brought on my good friend and colleague from Bleacher Report, Grant Hughes. Follow him on Twitter at GT underscore Hughes. Before I pick his brain, just a quick shout out to our sponsors as always, BetOnline and Indeed. You'll be hearing from them shortly and together since this will be an abridged podcast. Um, But without them, this podcast would not be possible. So shouts to them. Grant, how are you doing? I am uh, gobsmacked. Is that a thing? (laughs) what thunder thunderstruck one uh it's this is nuts um this is a wild trade and uh it's kind of like it, it makes sense except it also makes no sense right? right because like i mean we can get into it but it's just a my initial reaction was wow that's shocking but then like if you're gonna trade one or the other of these guys it sort of had to be for one or the other right that was the only way <laughs> that this was gonna happen well, so um, quickly, the terms of the trade, since it wasn't just yeah. a straight-up swap, was Westbrook um, goes to Washington, and then the Rockets are getting John Wall. And their dollar amounts, by the way, for the next three years are about dead even. John Wall is slated to make. He has a trade kicker, but that will be paid by Washington because I don't think he waived it. Um, but their salaries are basically dead even. I think Wall makes like 400 k more over the life of those three years, so Tillman Fertitta is probably a little bit pissed off, but basically <laughs> identical. Um, the Rockets also get a first-round pick from Washington in 2023. It's lottery protected then. Then it's top 12 protected in 2024. Top 10 protected in 2025. And then it's top 8 protected in 2026. If not conveyed by then, it turns into two second rounders. That is significant because when you go that far out, it makes it harder to trade um, future picks just down the line. Like You can't guarantee they'll convey, basically. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know what the best way to do this is. Let's maybe we should break it down by team. Like, what would you, you know, if you had to grade this, rate this? What were your impressions of it? For let's start with uh, whatever team you want. Start with one team. Your pick. All right. Well, so let's let's start with Houston. Uh, so I mean, obviously, this the, the fact that Houston is getting the pick suggests, I think, correctly that you know, for all his flaws, Westbrook is a more valuable asset than Wall is. Right? Like, you know, whatever what. However you want to value that pick, it's like it wasn't straight up. So uh, I think that's I think that's right. I think and and but but I would say that so for the Rockets, uh, I, I guess basketball issues aside, the Westbrook thing was just not 
feasible to continue because he wanted out. And I guess maybe this is reading too deeply into it, but uh, or could be reading too deeply into it that, you know, Harden wanting out may have had something to do with Russ being there. I, I don't know. Right, but because so- he's, he did say Russ said he wanted to go back to like being more of a floor general, which is like, you know, there's going to be some I, Bradley Beal's more plug and play than most stars. But like, that's still like you're not going to be necessarily the unquestioned alpha in Washington. But also, if you wanted to play that way. Um, there's a good chance that you'd eventually be able to play that way in Houston once they inevitably trade Harden. But sorry to interrupt you. That was my no, no, no. I'm, I'm. This is going to be a very uh, meandering uh, <laughs> set of opinions, just because I, I, I told you before we started. Like, I deliberately didn't read anyone else's opinions on this because I wanted to kind of approach it sort of fresh. And so, I guess as I'm sort of talking it out, I think if you if you want to make the case that this move one of the effects of this move is that James Harden is now happier and is going to stay or at least make fewer waves. I mean, that's, I guess you probably have to label that the biggest win by any party, right? Because I mean, however you feel about Harden, but like if he's happier with this setup than the previous one and is more likely to stay, then, you know, that's not technically a part of the trade, but if that's the ultimate effect, then that's a, a massive win. I we you know I guess I could throw to you on like the actual fit issues on the floor. I think some of the problems that Westbrook presented will similarly be presented by Wall, uh, assuming he is healthy enough to play, which obviously is uh, maybe the biggest overarching unknown of this whole thing. Right. It seems like uh, it seems like Houston is taking on more risk here because of Wall's health, even though Westbrook has you know, injuries in his past, uh, multiple knee surgeries. Um, but Wall hasn't played since December 2018. And we're talking about, you know, he's dealing with bone spur issues, Achilles issues. Like, those are a red flag. He, like Westbrook, relied a lot on his athleticism, but he's coming back from an injury where it's supposed to basically sap you of it. Um, and then you're also dealing with um, James Harden's future. So you have to factor those two things in. I do think there will be a similar fit issues, but there are two ways that I think it could improve. One, John Wall... Um, Westbrook is probably the better cutter and particularly if he's going to be more athletic than wall, but wall over his last three seasons. So we're talking about between 2015 and 2018, uh, shot 38.7% on catch and fire triples. And it was on appreciably more volume than Russell Westbrook, who since 2017, his last three seasons is at 31.6%. And so if you're going to have him off the ball, I think the spot up shooting from the outside is way more important than his ability to cut. And if you're going to play four or five out anyway, he'll find seams. So I think he's a better fit that way. I also, if you're willing to play differently, I think he's a better fit than Russell Westbrook, who is like a good passer, but I feel like he does it as a last resort where wall like lives to pass more. And so if you're going to put the ball in his hands and you're willing to get James Harden one moving more, or just to take more catch and shoot, shots in, in general, because um, I think 85% plus percent of his baskets went unassisted last year. And that was actually, I think he had more the season before, I think even a higher percentage of them were unassisted. So I I like the fit better, but it's like only in theory, because it's prided upon Houston playing differently. Like Harden has dominated the ball as much as anyone um, statistically other than John Wall over the past half decade. When you look at possession time, um, that was per Kevin Pelton of ESPN. I'm not coming into this as blind as, as you are. That is the only <laughs> thing I read though. How, uh, how dare you? <laughs> so I like it from that perspective. And the final thing I'll say, I'm not saying this is a flat out win, 
But if you were to trade James Harden now, John Wall is going to have less of an impact on your bottom line win total without Harden than I think Westbrook would. Like, there's a chance that if you had Westbrook without Harden and whoever you get in a return, not that you're a playoff team in the West, but that you sort of amble your way into a play-in seed, where I think if you have John Wall, and let's just say whatever return you get from the Nets, if that's the team Harden goes to, I actually think you could classify the Rockets as one of the three or four worst teams in the West without question. And so they would really drum up their lottery odds there. I'm not trying to, you know, poke at John Wall, but he's coming back from a bigger injury. And just because he's not as polarizing of a scoring presence when he's on his own, um, if you're going to rebuild on your Houston, that that's like better bad money to have on the books. Does that make any sense? So you're saying that, I, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's like essentially Westbrook is the better floor raiser. Like Westbrook will get you to the playoffs. Is that whereas Wall with a, you know, a theoretically identical supporting cast, like Wall plus players X, Y, and Z versus Westbrook with players X, Y, and Z, the Westbrook version is better. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or but like opposite? Westbrook without other stars is going to go further than a team that has Wall without other stars. And where oh, yeah. I think Wall might be a better fit to actually play beside other stars. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Well, Indeed is here to help. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of, of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it, and fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, I think it's been fairly clearly demonstrated that Westbrook does not improve the play of other high-end players around him. You know, I think, I, I feel like Westbrook is the type of player that at least this version now, I mean, it's maybe not fair to, you know, what was age 25 or 27, Russ, like that could have <laughs> been different. But but now it's kind of like you if, if you have Westbrook in charge of a team, it's sort of going to be the, I'll get the years wrong, the 18-19 Thunder, right? Like whatever they won, they were the sixth seed or something like that. Oh yeah, what um, was, was that 16-17? Is like, you're talking about without Paul George or with Paul George? Oh Jesus! I don't even remember the last, the last, uh, whatever. You know what I mean? Like Westbrook after KD left, right? Well, yeah, he after won his KD MVP. Left. Yeah, two thousand six, right. two thousand seventeen. Yeah. So, so, and even really after that, uh, you know, there, there's. I don't think anyone would argue that Westbrook, uh, you know, really elevates the level of play of other guys around him. I think it's more like if you're good enough, like a Kevin Durant or or whatever, you sort of learn to stay great mm-hmm. despite Russ. Uh, you know, playing the way that he does. I hope that doesn't sound unfair, but you know, you know what I mean? And I think Wall, to your point earlier, um, I, I'd go a step further in, in essentially agreeing with you that Wall is kind of like, Peak Wall is a genius passer. Right. And, you know, you, you can look up these reels of him hitting, you know, the opposite corner three. He, there were stats that, you know, back when we used to write about John Wall because he was playing basketball, <laughs> just like, the percentage of corner threes that he assisted was like off the charts. He led the league one year. He was always way up there just finding that guy. And that's, that's a sort of a microcosm of the way that he sees, 
he sees the angles and he is he he he's reacting and reading in ways that I think I totally agree. Westbrook is like head down, barrel into a crowd, and because I've drawn a crowd, because I might dunk on three guys, someone's open, I'll crazily throw it back, and that's an assist. Like those are not, you know, Westbrook has had some has had several really high assist totals. I would and the fantasy basketball crowd would disagree. Like he's actually, I don't think Westbrook is a good passer. Like full stop. I think Wall is is one of the best passers in the league over the last decade or so. So that, to your point, is is why I think maybe he gets a little more out of the whatever hypothetical supporting cast you might build around him in a post-Harden trade. Um, but yeah, I, I think I don't want to just make this whole conversation about one issue, but John Wall has not been good since 2016-17 right. for a full season because you're looking at the last two years that he was healthy. It was 32 games and 41 in 17-18 when he was an all-star, but the numbers were way down over the previous year then. Anyway, I mean, uh, like, th- there is a strong possibility that the version of John Wall that we see resembles, like, basically nothing, you know, that uh, from of what we're familiar with. And so... Um, from Houston's perspective, you know, the potential loss there is, is just massive because I think heading into this season, you would have said John Wall was probably the league's worst contract. Um, and then I think the, the Russ hate kind of, I don't know, put, push people too far one direction on him. Like these are not equally bad contracts. And it's strictly because of the massive downside risk with Wall's health. Right. And I don't know if that's like, if Harden stays in Houston, that might be the last element to talk about with Houston in all this is, does it help or hurt their chances of convincing Harden to stay, um, at least through the entirety of next season? But Wall is inherently lower usage to begin with, I think just because he's more of a passer, even though if you look on like drives and stuff, um, Westbrook might actually pass on a higher percentage of his drives, I think, over the past few years, um, looking at their healthy seasons. Uh, but because Wall is lower usage, I mean, if you're looking at, this is since Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City, the two highest usage players in the league, James Harden is one, Westbrook is two, Wall comes in at 20th. And so that's a only 151 game sample, but he's also played um, beside, I wouldn't say peak Bradley Beal, but a really good version of Bradley Beal. So there's like more of an element of being used to trading mm-hmm. off during this time. And if you are injured or not yourself, maybe it makes it easier for him to acquiesce to Harden than it would for Westbrook, which in turn, I think, just makes the Rockets better by default. Not addition by subtraction-wise, but just you're going to optimize your team's play style on more possessions with John Wall, regardless of what quality of player he is, than if you have Russell Westbrook. It puts more of an onus on James Harden, but like that's a better way to play than to kind of split time with Russell Westbrook at this point, in my opinion. I think I think too that you know you we have to assume that if Wall is healthy enough to play like a normal minutes load that they'll stagger the two of them him and Harden and I I I wonder now you know Houston was re- sort of is habitually really thin because they just have one guy dribble and then everybody else you know is standing around shooting and that's maybe not fair to previous iterations of the team but um, like we forget that there was a Chris Paul era of the Rockets. It feels like that was ten years ago. But man, think about um, what they turned Chris Paul into. By the way, they not, turned Chris Paul and four <laughs> first round picks into uh, a twenty twenty three protected first and John Wall. Like that's just we can go back to look at what they used to acquire Chris Paul, which I think was like super reasonable price when you're looking at the role players they yeah. give up. But like that trade tree is bizarre, and you could probably also throw like 
Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni in the opportunity cost there as well. <laughs> right. Man, there's the, the, the tentacles of this thing are real long. No, I mean, just mean, I, I think, so Houston, I think depth is now a, a premium because, so if you have Wall essentially being the primary ball handler in when Harden is not on the floor, um, I think it's, I guess it's, you know, you're always just going to be like, well, we need shooting and defense around our guy, you know, our primary ball handler. Um, but, but it's sort of like, I kind of like the idea of wall running, uh, like a quote unquote second unit more than Westbrook, just because I think there is the chance that, you know, wall might, I think, no, not might, if he's healthy enough to play wall will sort of get guys more good shots mm -hmm. than Westbrook would have. And I and and I also think that Wall's defensive reputation has been a little overblown. But he was on an all-defensive team, and Russ, I think, I mean, one of the most frustrating aspects of his entire career is that he just never committed to, <laughs> to being a good defender. And so Wall, I think, especially if if you subscribe to like, oh, he's got something to prove, kind of angle to this comeback. Um, I think Wall should. It would be difficult to give less value than Russ gave defensively. So I think Wall maybe helps there too. Um they also can maybe I'm... hide him a little bit better just because you have if David Nawaba is healthy, uh, you yeah. have Sterling Brown, you have Daniel House, you have PJ Tucker. So like you can kind of play matchups more so with Wall because he is on this like the bigger side for a guard. So you can maybe I mean when he's on the floor with Harden you have to consider that. But you can stat in second unit you might be able to stash him better than you would Westbrook. And then the other thing I'll say to your point before I let you continue was just I like it better when you look at the players that are in Houston, the idea of wall running a second unit where it's like, yeah, Christian Wood and Eric Gordon, like they can work alongside uh, Russell Westbrook, but they, I feel like they make more sense next to John Wall, particularly someone like Eric Gordon, um, who wants to put the ball on the floor every once in a while. And even Christian mm -hmm. Wood, like that's something he did really well in Detroit, the latter part of this season. So that in theory just makes more sense. I agree. I, I mean, I, I'm sort of shocked that the more I kind of roll this around in my head, the more I... I sort of am intrigued and maybe like the wall edition of the Rockets more than the Westbrook one. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager on than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division odds, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, at betonline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I mean, we haven't really talked about Washington. Do you want to kind of go there? Do you have thoughts on like what this means uh, or what this might do for or not do for Bradley Beal for for you know this you know they've got Denny Avdia now. I mean, not that you want to consider a, a rookie. The right. what's going to happen to this rookie when you're making a superstar trade, but. Um, what what are your thoughts on the Washington end of it, unless you have more on, on Houston? No, I, I think that's just, for Houston, it comes down to, which is, they're taking the bigger risk because you don't know what Wall looks like, but there's a yeah. chance that this ends up paying off for them, I think. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Regardless of, like, it could be work, I think they straddle two lines better now with Wall, where it's, we don't know what's going to happen with Harden, but in the event he leaves, I think you've set yourself up a little bit better to rebuild without being stuck in the middle during that time, and that's equally huge. For Washington... Um, really quickly on my end before I throw it to you, I get the logic here because Westbrook should in theory, because of how he scores and 
you know, the reason Houston gave up so much to get him in the first place was his durability. And you can say that he's more durable than John Wall. You've now lifted up the minutes you will play without Bradley Beal, without necessarily crippling uh, the minutes that include Bradley Beal, just because, again, he is used to playing with John Wall, who's someone who I think you would argue is going to look to generate shots for others more often. Even, and again, this does go against like some of the passing numbers when you look at passing per game, percentage of passes thrown on drives, but a lot of that has to do with just the sheer volume of it all. But Bradley Beal, I think, is one of those guys who can play alongside. He had the fifth highest usage rate in the league last year, but he is one of those guys who can play alongside everybody. Um, last year specifically, he shot 38% on catch-and-shoot threes, which accounted for almost a fifth of a shot attempt. So increasing that type of shot type for him uh, is hardly a bad thing. I just... And look, the opportunity cost is fairly reasonable if you end up not being in the lottery like during yeah. this time. But when you look at how far the pick conveys out, there's a chance that you are in the lottery because even if Beal eventually wants out, you have these two years after this one of Westbrook who could still kind of keep you in the middle, but like not super close to the playoff. Like maybe Russell Westbrook's gets you to the playoffs in the East to where that pick is, you know, it will convey, but also maybe he doesn't. Um, so there's a ton of risk there. It feels like they, I would have liked to have seen them give Wall and Beal one more chance is basically where I'm landing with this. I don't know if um, Wall's durability was too much of an issue. He seemed disenfranchised um, with the organization. You wrote about it. He requested a trade on the first night of free agency, basically. So that factored in. I I understand it. I just don't, I really don't love it because like, what if, does this convince Bradley Beal to stay? If it does, then maybe that's the win. But if it doesn't, like now you, you're in the spot that Houston was, where if you trade your best player, you're sort of consigned to, I call it like the the subflooring, like it's not quite the basement, but like you're not good <laughs> enough to do anything special. I yeah I I you know we we've, we're talking a lot about floors, but I think I think <laughs> West, this is a hot floor talk podcast. Talk about some laminates, some uh, some underlayment. Um, they no like he. So I think Westbrook raises the Wizards' floor, um, and I don't even know what that really means because I don't know where it was before. But it's like if Wall had just not been able to stay healthy and you're just basically the same team you were a year ago, which was like great for Bradley Beal because he got 30 a game, but you know, they were just, they couldn't defend there. And I still don't think they're going to defend. Um, they may be even worse. Um, but, but like Westbrook, I think is going to be on the floor. So, um, if that means that they have a, you know, X percent chance, a better chance of, you know, being the, uh, get, I mean, they're going to, I would be surprised if Washington was not in the play-in scenario. That's the, the also the terms we have to start thinking of, like, are right. they a playoff team in now? So, I, you know, I think, whereas the downside with uh, the wall version of the team was lower than that. I think it could have been the worst team in the East, you know, depending on what Cleveland and the Knicks and whatever else happened. But I, I guess, like, this all just sort of arose out of a circumstance which has never made sense and will never make sense to me, which is that Wall having like zero leverage. I mean, I guess he had less leverage, you know, the the day after he had surgery. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, this is a guy that hasn't played, as we've said, in more than a year um, and wanted out. Suddenly, it just goes to show we don't really know what's happening behind the scenes with any of these teams because, you know, this didn't just arise out of nothing. But um, it, it's it's going to be difficult for me to sort of wrap my head around the idea that he had, he not only had the, like, I don't know what you want to call it, the gall, I guess, or something less strong than that to demand a trade or ask for a trade, but then he got it. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I just, I, I mean, of all the, of all the tr contracts that are just impossible to move, 
Um, so I don't know. I, I guess, I, I guess the, the Beal angle to me is kind of maybe the most concerning because it did sort of seem like outwardly that he was down to play with John Wall again, if not like excited to do it. Um, maybe that was all fake too. Um, yeah, I mean, you had Tommy Shepard kind of coming out and calling it Beal's team, and it feels like yeah. that's something that could have definitely rubbed Wall the, the wrong way. I, I guess, I again, like, but so from the Beal perspective, if the question is, because um, Beal has been pretty consistent um, in, in the messaging and, like, I want to be here, if that had a lot to do with Wall, then, like, this might not be great because then you're looking at the possible scenario you were talking about, which is, this is just a Russell Westbrook and a bunch of dudes if they have to move Beal, although you're going to get plenty for Beal. So that's a positive, but, but I don't know that if the goal is to retain Beal, if this is a, a, a good step, although if wall wants out, then he wants out, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's they, kind of a mess. They've definitely raised their immediate ceiling where I think I would be more likely to pencil them into the top um, six teams in the East. Now I wouldn't, but I'm saying they're more likely to get there. Um, and not have to deal with the play-in than they were with Wall, who would probably, look, we could probably write him out of every single back-to-back this year. So that's like 13 to 14 games. Uh, The other thing that's interesting to me is immediately, like, I don't know. I mean, in Houston, they definitely had the floor balance, but Washington does have, like, a ton of shooters. They have, you know, um, Garrison Matthews, two-way player, who I think is actually going to be on an NBA roster one day. Um, He shot 54.5% in a small sample on wide-open threes. Davis Bertans, 47.7%, and he's launching those bad boys from like 30-plus feet out. Ish Smith, 44.3%. Thomas Bryant, who turned into a really viable three-point shooter last year, 43.4% in actual volume. Bradley Beal, 418 Troy Brown, 418 Isak Banga, 386 So like, he's going to be around plenty of shooting, and there will be four-out lineups around him because Thomas Bryant can shoot threes, and maybe you're more likely to go to Davis Bertans at the five and just never defend anybody again. <laughs> um, so I think immediately it helps, but does it have a chance of helping to the extent where Bradley Beal would look at this team and be like, you know what, there's a clear path to something really special here. And I don't know that it does unless I'm curious to see what you think before we get you out of here, because I know you have to go um, unless like Rui Hachimura or Denny Avia, like really just pops. Like those are now your only swing pieces because you're not going to have um, a top draft pick this season. And that's regardless of whether you keep or trade Bradley Beal. Yeah, I think just as you're talking, I think there's a really good case to be made that this is a better situation to get more out of Russ for for the the reasons you mentioned. Just specifically the shooting, a second star that actually, in the, again, Beal is just the super rare high 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 end player that really makes a lot of sense as like a one A. Even if he's, I think he's a better player than Russell Westbrook. Right. But when Westbrook's on the floor, it's just you, you play a certain way. Um, so that makes, I think Westbrook is set up to succeed better than he was, better than he was in Houston. But I, the Beal thing is, I, you know, all that spacing helps Beal too. Um, but I do think what you're losing is, you know, the maybe there was some synergy between he and Wall. Like, you know, there were some pretty solid Wizards teams as Beal was kind of coming up and Wall was, was clearly the better player there for a while. Um, I, I just... I don't, I, I, I don't, I feel like Beal would have benefited more from the passing of wall from, from the, you know, look, I think you might have to say, Brad, you got to guard the other team's best backcourt player now. Whereas in theory, that would have been wall's job, but you can't give that assignment to Russ because he's just never been any good at it. Um, so I think Beal is probably in a worse position than he was, which if we're worried about, you know, the trade request coming up at some point, that's something to consider, but but I do think Westbrook. I would expect Westbrook to have like a really good statistical season, wouldn't you? 
Yes. Assuming he's healthy, I'm just, I'm, I, I can't wrap my head. Like, this is just so hard for me to, like, if you had to pick who makes out better in this deal, like, is it to you, like, right now, just, you know, we have to see the games play, but is it Washington or Houston? Like, who's, who stands to come out the better, better end of this? I would think Russell Westbrook has a huge statistical season, but does it come at the expense of, like, you know, Beal has just been said he's the franchise. We know that Russell Westbrook wants to play a style where he has a monopoly on the offense. Does Beal necessarily, yeah, I'm sure he wants more help than he had last year, but does he want to go back to being, you know, he was probably still the better player to point, definitely in 2017, 2018 um, with wall, but like he's, his uses was just, it was lower and like, he didn't have yeah. as much influence over the offense. Does he want to go back to that? Well, so I think to answer your question and this, I feel crazy saying it, but I do think that Houston, Houston has a broader spectrum of possibilities, the downside of injury, but the upside for Houston, I think is that wall is, pretty close to as good as he was let's say not like 16 17 but maybe he's 17 18 wall that played half a season and you know it was like 19 and 9 and actually shot shockingly well from three that was his best three-point shooting season of, of his career 37.1 percent let's say he's maybe maybe those numbers those counting stats at like 34 percent from three like i really do think he can do more for houston fit wise than russ could so i would say houston's Floor got lower, ceiling got higher, and I think that because of where the Rockets sort of are, the value of having that tiny chance of a much higher upside matters. And so I actually kind of think that the Rockets might have like gotten the better of this, but it's also sort of moot because if Westbrook wanted a trade and maybe Harden wanted him gone, like you had to do it. So it's you know, I, I don't know how to sort of factor that into the calculation. Is it, do you have a strong opinion one way or the other on that? I think I just tend to agree with you, though. The spectrum of star players who have wanted out of Houston or left Houston after James Harden matters, like Dwight Howard, <laughs> yeah. Chris Paul, now Russell Westbrook, who is the closest to him among them. John Wall and Harden have apparently been working out together during the offseason, so like maybe that helps a little bit. Does it help that DeMarcus Cousins is in Houston? So now we have those Kentucky Wildcats reuniting. I honestly don't know. I think it's safe to say the winner of this deal might actually be the Brooklyn Nets because two of the stars they would have targeted, Beal and Harden, I think they're in noticeably more combustible situations because now the range of outcomes feels so stark. Where the shakeup in Washington, yeah, they raised their ceiling, but now is it enough to where Bradley Beal wants to stay or was he just more content to he knew that he would have more control um, over the the direction of the team with Wall than he does with Westbrook. And then Harden, you know, does it improve the chances maybe he wants to stay in Houston? Perhaps, but like it also maybe doesn't. And there's a chance that the Rockets are actually just substantially worse, which would then accelerate his trade request. So I think Brooklyn makes out pretty good here. And my final note would be, there are six players in the NBA slated to make 40 plus million dollars this year. Um, four of them are point guards and three of them have been traded within a month of each other. Chris Paul, <laughs> Russell Westbrook, and John Wall Russell Westbrook has now been traded for both of those guys, by the way. And Stephen Curry is the fourth one, in, in case you care. But um, And all three three of those four point guards have now been on the Rockets. Like, that's just um, that's just wild. And I think it speaks to the matter of, you know, there's no such thing as an immovable contract in the NBA. People talk about Wiggins. They talked about Wall. They're talking about Thompson now. Any contract can be can be moved. I was just going to, I was going to button it up with that exact point. Like, never tell me again that, oh, this is untradeable. Which just like, because at the very least, you can trade it for the other contract everyone thinks is untradeable. That, I think that's the takeaway from all this. Yeah, it's, I don't, it's going to be fun to see how it plays out. 
last, last thing I'll ask you, don't even need to justify it. Who is less likely to finish next season with their current team now? James Harden or Bradley Beal? Ooh, uh, I'm going to say Harden. And uh, I won't justify it beyond anything other than uh, I think he's going to realize that he should play for an owner that is uh, going to spend some money. Um, again, yeah. Tillman Fertitta spending an extra like 300K over the next three years here. He's got to be fuming. Grant, thank you so much for coming on. You said you could give me 20 minutes. You gave me 29. I really appreciate that. Um, I will be pestering you again in the future without question. And again, everyone follow him on Twitter at GT underscore Hughes. Broken record style. Grant, thank you so much. I'll be talking to you soon. Thank you. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.